Pricey, pricey, he wanna fuck cause I'm icy He never met no one like me It's pretty funny how now they all like me In it, this ain't rent it Straight from the plane, I'm boarded Maybe you can't afford it I'm with my dogs and we out in shortage Shortage, shortage, shortage You got a shortage on your funds And I got a long clip on my guns Sounds like fun, I got no shortage I'm no bum, reach for my pearls and you're done Reach for the purses Wearing designer, I'm in the future, I got a future I'm in a new truck, I'm in a booth, y'all drinking kombucha Singing with Smiley, speaking me highly Tryna go Kylie, I wake up finally Suffering silence, waking up violent Checking the finest, choosing the finest That's the environment, I'm at a timing Look at the Timex Baby, ooh, I'm checking my timing ooh. Cleaning my watch, cleaning the top Cleaning my job Drop, kicking, 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 drop my Nike, Nike, very good check, they like me. Man tell me he like me, he wanna fuck me very likely. Yes. <laughs> Can't even honor true. it, man. I think that's true. Yeah. I'm in London, I like to go and shop at the mall. Shop at the Prada, shop at the store, shop in the drop and stop in Dior. Cover my toes, throw my trousers, look at my bricks. These are my tennis, look at my shoes, look at my shoes. Chrome hot socks and sandals, men's outside in crocs and shambles. Please quick talk, no rambles. Soon as they send they bread, I cancel. Ooh. I like to tangle, twist and entangle, testing the angles. I'm from the bank though, I got the singles. You with the same hoes, I like the bank bro. Planes just landed. Heathrow, hop off the G4 standard. We see a off this Chico. We blow his top now, he's volcanic. Please don't panic over my lingo. Both of my feet so planted. Go with and ring on my finger, but yet I'm still killing them single handed. Drum on a gun like I'm Ringo. I'm in this bitch with no chain like I'm Django. We from the ends where they know that they can't go. She go both ways, so I'm tasting a rainbow. <laughs> Yummy. They got no more bread, they're crummy The same way that Mella was staring at Bree Is the way that I stare at the money I'm ready to risk it, all if I lift it Bet I won't miss it, you a statistic Thought shit was sweet till we popped up and popped off the top of your mystic I go ballistic, hopped out the drop Got the drop on the up, now I'm opportunistic I like to shop in the district, copping this Copping that, I'm proper capitalistic Dreamer, dreamer, running the game in my signature trainers Balenciaga for joggers, I might just wear crops At the O2 Arena, splendid Got no limits Should have a tank on my pendant Blokes going broke trying to keep up with cold But I make it back soon as I spend it Made back tinted, excuse me sir But ain't that rented, I'm offended Straight cash for my benzes We don't pay back interest, aim at fences When I swing, pay respects and kiss my ring Even Elizabeth said I'm king Well he's bloody well right, isn't he? <laughs> Why would I choose between this one or that one When I know that I can have both I laugh at these rappers for capping I guess T.I.P. ain't the only one out here with jokes Mans don't want smoke <laughs> I don't even think they should be allowed to breathe the same air as him if you ask me I'm in London, I like to go and shop at the mall Shop at the Prada, shop at the store Shop in the drop and stop in Dior 
I am settling in and it's been a while. Sorry about the background noise here, getting my my chair adjusted and um, I'm going to settle in and try to make some good content today. I have some Simply Made Lemonade, pure, the purest in my personal opinion, in this type of a cup that my fiance got that you put like tequila mules in. I don't, know, I don't know what the name of the cup is, but it keeps your shit cold, so that's good. Um, I have Kitty next to me, who I think is actually on some weird shit. Um, Maxwell, our dog passed away some months ago, and um, and uh, I believe he is turned into the cat. I believe the cat is either A, um, replacing a lot of his energy, um, from a empathetic place, which is interesting, or B, I think that the, and sorry about the, the music out there, guys, if you can hear that, or B, I think the cat has, um, I think the cat has decided to, um, be Max in a weird way. I, I've seen my fiance interact with this cat more in the last two months than ever in the history of this cat's 10 year life. Um, so and and the dog was her best friend. So just, just two and two, one and one. They both connect. I don't know. I'm high. But those are all the thoughts I have for a very brief intro. Um, maybe not, though. Actually, what else? What else? What else will consume my thoughts? Um, I'm doing another episode solo, clearly. Um, still enjoying this lemonade. It's fantastic. Actually, I have a, I have a thought. I have a thought. I've um I've really been enjoying Wiz Khalifa's Instagram lately. I think Instagram has turned into for me, I'll be very candid. I think Instagram has kind of turned in turned in for me into like soft porn. Like objectively I'm looking at ass 80% of the day. And the, the amount of skin that um Instagram allows you to show now is just incredible. Like every 12 to 16 year old kid loves Instagram. They have high quality ass on their phones immediately. Um, I remember back when I was growing up around 12, 13, 14, I had to find and 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 fucking confiscate, you know, old porn or old porn like VHSs. Um I had to go on broken down sites on my my sidekick and have my phone all fucked up in viracy and 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 be embarrassed when I would go to AT&T and they would look at me and say, why is your phone all fucked up? And I'm like, you already know why my phone's fucked up. I'm trying to watch porn on a phone that doesn't even have the capacity. Um, I remember my very first thing was Tyra Banks in like a, a Playboy shoot. I, if she even did that, I could be making that up. The punchline is Instagram today is like 98% soft porn in my opinion. It's, it's like TikTok highlight reels of like pretty much people just doing dances or skits or, or moments, which is kind of cool. And then really what the other part of it is, which I actually appreciate about Wiz Khalifa is it's honesty. It's, it's authenticity. It's, it's a peek into the reality of what their lives are today. And, um, Wiz Khalifa, and I'll just go on his, his page right now, just to give you guys the realistic perspective here, um, 
he's been doing something that I think is really, really interesting. Was Khalifa, let me pull it up. Was Khalifa has been, so everything he's been doing, he's been documenting. So he's rolling up weed, he's hanging out backstage, he's he's going to the gym, he's literally working out of the gym. And every time he does a video at the very end, he says, see ya. And I I love it. I can't tell you why I love it. Partially, it's probably because I've been the biggest Wiz Khalifa fan that you'll ever find circa 2008. Any human being on the East Coast, specifically in Maryland, even more directly in Baltimore, um, you know, um, Baltimore, uh, North, South, East, West county areas of Baltimore, all the way out to Rockville, to certain parts of Columbia, whatever the case is going to be, I'm, I'm top one percentile. 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 17, really heavy, personal reasons dropped off, really started respecting his entrepreneurial grind, 2019, 20, um, and I just think he's in his legacy mode right now, and, and he's still so young, and so I think, I've said this a lot, I think musically Wiz Khalifa has, has definitely tapered off, I think he... I think he is really in a corporate corporate bag position of his career where I don't want to call it underground, but at like a certain pop commercial level, he's making music, probably getting 50, 40 to $60,000 a show. And so he's making high hundreds of thousands of dollars a month off of just performances that I think what he's doing with Taylor Gang is fucking dope as hell. I've seen a lot of his artists develop and grow and he's... I mean, Ty Dolla Sign, he's probably making half a million dollars personally off Ty Dolla Sign a year. And then I think um, I think he drops enough music that can get sequenced and 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 that can be um, licensed into a lot of music. I think his relationship with Fast and, the Fast and the Furious brand and that and that song that <laughs> that did fucking objectively amazing definitely helped his uh you know, commercial career. But I think there's also another side of him that, that I've always appreciated. So I'm the biggest fan ever. I respect his grind, respect everything he's doing. And yeah, that see ya just, um, and, and, and I think for me, that actually might be the title of this episode. Um, but I think why I respect the see ya so much, and, and I think it means, um, <laughs> I think it means like getting away from the haters, getting away from the people that just aren't doing shit, getting away, getting away from the people that aren't about shit, getting away from the people that are not trying to progressively progress their lives or the shit that I'm on right now is challenging. And, and I'm not great at this, but challenging my own and your and your own mental shortcomings and trying to progress and get better. Um, and, and focusing really heavily on communication and honesty or, or vulnerability or whatever it's going to be. Um, I think what he's saying is, if you're not any of those things I just said, I think he's like, see ya. Like, I think he's like, I just came here to do what I had to do. Came here to fucking crush or dominate whatever it is the fuck I'm crushing and dominating. You're still over there looking crazy. See ya. Like, I love that. That's really what his message is. I fucking love that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's honest. I think it's pure. And I love seeing it on Instagram. I love seeing it over um, any fat booty bitches, right? And, and I just think, I really think he documents his life very well on Instagram, very similar to 
how a uh, vlogger would document their shit on YouTube. So I just fuck with it. I think the next thing I want to talk about is um, Lil Russell. Um, I think we're starting to notice a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a pop. What a lot of people don't realize, La Russell is known. He's a rapper, by the way, if no one knows that. But La Russell is known at the level that real hip hop heads and/or real industry niggas that are just keeping the eye on the next crop of talent, or certain certain California West Coast type niggas understand. But most people have no fucking idea. Like literally, most people like. Like, literally, even, like, people that really fuck with music have no idea who La Russell is. He is at that low of a level, not in a bad way. Um, you know, like, like I'll give you I'll give you some some stats here. Just to, and, and pr I promise you I'm going to loop it around. Like, once a really dope shit, I promise you I'm going to loop it around. But, like, on Twitter, for example, he has 8,000 followers on, on, on Instagram. He has, he's verified, he has 185 which is growing, which is strong. He has his own brand called Good Good Company, I believe. And so, long story short, I am starting to see him bubble up a little bit. I think, I think he's getting a lot of attention for what he's doing with his, the way he's approaching his merch, his independency, his partnership with Russ. That's actually the first thing that I learned about it. Like, he has a partnership with Russ, which is fucking dope, right? Um, he has a partnership with Russ that is. Um, Smart on Russ's end. Like, I'll give credit where credit needs to be given. I don't know what the makeup of the deal is. And I've talked about this at length. I think what, what Russ's deal is, and I'm assuming what it is, is if Russ were to invest half a million dollars into the Russell, all Russ is saying is, I don't need you to recoup. Let's just be 50-50 partners and everything moving forward. All right? So I'll give you a half a million and that's for you personally. That's not, and, and I'll give you access to all of my shit, right? I'm not going to charge you for it. Like I'll give you access to my studio. I'll give you access to producers that are in-house. I'll, I'll support you with strategic initiatives around marketing. I'll even back you around moments around marketing, but we need to go 50-50 on everything. And that's not, and that's not a bad deal. I won't own your masters. I won't own your publishing. I won't own your entire ass. Pause like Dame Dash would say. Um, but we can, you know, the fact that I'm investing the, the the original half a million into your pocket, aka your cable bill, your car note, your mom's mouth, right? A um, little bit of swag back into the good company brand, right? Um, and then we'll just go 50-50. And, and I think that's a great deal. And so I, I am noticing, I think he just did this for his festival recently, I am noticing that he's starting to bubble a little bit. Uh, I need to link back up with um I need I need I need to link back up with Tote. Like I need to do it. Like I'm about to fucking do it right now. Like it's objectively my fault. Like I'll I'll do it live on this fucking podcast. I don't give a shit. Hey brother, how are you, man? I just wanted to say, how are you? Checking in. Hope everything is well, bro. It's all love. Um I just wanted to apologize. I think on my end, things dropped off. Things got busy. Uh, I've always respected your hustle, bro. I've seen you as well as LaRussell doing some really dope things. I think you guys are starting to bubble up a little bit. It's probably picking up for you as well. But any way I can be involved in your movement, brother, just let me know. I still want to work. Still want to collab. 
shit, mother, bring you come come back on the podcast. Maybe that'll be a nice way for us to just do some dope shit together and then get the get the conversations moving again on on some this and shit. But I just want to say what's up. Um, hope you're well. So shit like that, right? Like with Tope and um, and the Russell. Like I just think they're I think they're bubbling. I think they, I think I think I think they're bubbling. I think um, and I think the success of Russ. See, Russ is in an interesting spot right now. Russ is in a spot right now where, yeah, he's interesting. Would he just deal with his latest song taking literally a very unknown independent and attach her to a Billboard 100, I think three, four weeks in a row song, number one in certain countries and certain markets and certain playlists, pop commercial type song to do that now at this stage in his career with the relationships he has within the rap game, his ability to rap, his ability to make R&B songs and really connected that sector as well. His ability to still be an, a, a, a really organic, like, again, and I know this is a horrible, he's like, he's like Russ. I mean, he's like logic at a certain point in his career where whether you wanted to believe it or not, logic is still put, logic is still packed eight to 12,000 people in any given spot in any city right now because of that, of that core organic real homegrown base fan base like no cap and I never say no cap so I'm going to say it for the third time and the last time in the history of my life no cap I'm not lying um I do think that's possible so I think the success of Russ has clearly helped LaRussell with with the relationship that Russ probably see what Russ is trying to say This is what Russ is trying to say about independency. And this is what I've learned about in business. You can always understand enough about something and garner enough skill in something to tweak it and make it independently yours. So, for example, in the world that I play in, I liked and wanted to know a little bit more about recruiting and employer branding. I probably should have either studied it on a certification level went to college for it, tried to get an entry-level job within it to learn it, grassroots. I studied it independently just enough and then said, I want to start a business that does it. I'm going to learn why I build the business. Two completely different ways of doing it, but very similar to what Russ does. What Russ is saying to every artist is, from the beginning through the end of making your content, own your shit. Own it, understand it, leverage it, license it. Like, that's... And that's what I've honestly tried to do with all of my brands. All of my brands have either tried to put myself in a position to do partnerships or licensing deals or get consistent revenue, have relationships with people that drive consistent revenue or whatever it's going to be, right? Like, and even if it's not fast money, it's not always great money. Right now, mine is every now and again, very long money. I need consistent long money, kind of like on some real estate type shit, but the punchline the punchline of all of this is I think we're in a really interesting spot right now with the music, with independency, with Russ, with LaRussell and the way that they're architecting their careers. And um, I fuck with it. I really, really do. I fuck with it. I understand it. I see it. Um, um, so I think um, 
Hold on one second. I'm just trying to make sure I'm seeing something else. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to do some work here. Let me type this actually. Who, who gives a shit? Perfect. Can I see a link for membership? And I think Yeah, I think she doesn't I think doesn't have have any adjustments or updates. I wanted to try and get her a sample of the final outcome Tuesday morning at the latest. Sorry about that, guys. Um, the punchline is, again, like I fucking keep saying, I just love what the both of them are doing. I think LaRussell is bubbling up and servicing a little bit more than people actually want to talk about. Um, and great move on Russ's part. And yeah, you know, great move. Great move. So let's jump into some shit here. So I've been cleaning up the project LLV categories structure. Um, each of the categories, I used to have a long rangy ass list and everyone would tell me it was hard to keep up with and understand and because it, was, it wasn't broken down into sections and categories, technically. So now I do have them broken down. So right now we're going to go over ethics topics and ethical questions to debate. Um, let me see, let me see. Oh, this is perfect. Oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. Excellent. 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 Sorry, guys. So what I'm doing is I'm literally looking at I'm literally looking at a sample of my company here and the product that we deliver. Sorry about this, guys. Walk us through who the both of you are. I know there's two different roles that we're filling. This is excellent. This is excellent. This is excellent. I'll get back to him in a second. This is excellent. Um, all right, anyway. So we're going to go over ethics topics and ethical questions to debate. All right. That's the name of this. I apologize for those interruptions. Here's the first question. Should schools punish students for attending the Fridays for future protests? I don't know what that is. Next question. Can war be ethical? Can war be ethical? War. Let me preface it with this. I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? But I want to give an opinion on this, right? And remember, these are, this is a public um, forum-like community-based podcast. So a lot of these topics I personally am not coming up with. 
These are what the people want to hear. These are what the everyday human beings that I have interacted with or that listen to this podcast or have access to this Google Doc link. And I've given them capability to add comments. This is what they're doing. So can war be ethical? I think war, no, I think war is incredibly egotistical. I think there are four to six to 12 human beings that sit at the top of every great or not so great nation or city or or whatever they call it, whatever it's called, the government, the key players, the decision makers that make the decisions that drive every inevitable next step and subconscious step and and, and, and law and policy and understanding and, and behavior of human beings within states, cities and countries and, and, and establishments are driven and really they're driven by six to 12 individuals' egos. That's the punchline. What they think should be the law, what they think should be the policy, what experiences folks should experience should be based off of someone else's opinion of experiences. Like It's crazy. It's all fucking made up. It's all bullshit. So when we go to war with other countries or we go to war with other people, it's typically when the perspectives of these other egotistical perspectives clash. And what one person wants to get across because of what they think is best for the country or the community or the state or the district or whatever it's going to be. And they feel like someone else is hindering what they want to objectively and selfishly and personally get off the ground. It's a problem. So no, I never think it's ethical. I think it's always egotistical and ridiculous at its core level. Unless we're in a self-defense mode. But even how do you even get in self-defense mode? How do you even get someone that just is so... I, I mean, I guess if we're like a, if we're like collateral damage, for example. I wanted to get on to this. Because this is a whole different thing. But that's my answer to that. Explain moral problems that come along with automating jobs. I think one of the moral problems is human beings and adults, yes, they do have they do have a responsibility for leveling up themselves, having internal motivation, developing internal clarity around what they want, and to recognize where the, the world and the government and technology and jobs and careers are going. That's the first thing that comes to my high brain when I when I read off this question. Explain the moral problems that come along with automating jobs. It you know a, a, a perfect or an aspiring, a regular fucking human being should be able to level up themselves in all the ways I described. So if that means. Jobs are becoming more automated and more segmented and more in the AI technology sector, aka robots take over the world. <coughs> is it moral? Is it right? Is it okay? Should we not feel bad for individuals who fall behind? Right. And so if we are automating the world, what is it moral? Is it right? What do I feel about the 5, 10, 15 million, 20 million, 100 million potentially human beings that end up homeless, end up depressed, end up confused and just really end up hurt and behind because they didn't make the adjustment? 
like what happens if my stepdad, for example, lived in a world 60 years from now where literally driving a vehicle does not have to be done by a human? What other value can you bring? Here's my real question. Or here's my real answer, actually. It becomes morally incorrect when we don't take responsibility for the other 50%. So let's assume 50% of human beings, it's, it's their own responsibility to level the fuck up. It's their own responsibility to level the fuck up. Period. It's their own responsibility to, 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 to have ownership. To be aware. To call out when they're fucking up and to correct it immediately. Right? But it's also the other 50%, aka the government, the world, other humans that are the dictators of this world and, and that create shit. Society laws, policies to support us. So that means our educational systems. That means we need great, better examples. That means we that means we need to provide and give the people the resources. We need to also meet people where they are. So 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 it's a, it's a 50/50 for me. Should schools teach religion? Fuck no. Next question. Are computer crimes less harmful than crimes against humans? This is fucking fantastic. So anyone that's been watching um, SVU, but like the Italian mob version of it, um, organized crimes. Um, sorry, I got a text. Um, you'll notice like some Italian mafia, 2023, like Sopranos. This is what this is what Goodfellas would look like in 2023 type shit. Right. Weird. The physical violence still happens, but it's all done digitally. It's all nothing is happening hand to hand anymore. Right. So it says. So it says. I'm high shit. I can't read. Oh, here it is. It says are, are, are computer crimes less harmful than crimes against human beings. So here's my answer to this. And this is based off of a ridiculous point of view of watching organized crimes as well as being a huge fan and a really deep researcher of the Goodfellas mafia old old mob days. I think sidebar, I think old mob movies will consistently be I think they'll roll out a classic, a old mob movie classic every 10 years for the next 100. That time period in life is was <coughs> was one that I don't think people can really wrap their heads around. Um so, anyway, I think the answer to, to this question is I think the computer crimes are a little bit more scary and harmful because they can happen at scale. I'll give you an example. Another country wants to tap into our, like, our bank and financial grid and system and wipe out billions of people's personal personal financing in their in their accounts. People, millions of people at my mom's level. My level. Fuck it. Be vulnerable, AJ. I will. My level. Wipe out millions of people's accounts. Like, they have no money. Like, they're fucked. And the backup money that's within the banking system. That's scary. That's scary. Someone, and this has happened before, doing cyberbullying at scale. That's scary. It fucks up minds. It's been proven. Um, so I think, you know, 
crimes that are financially wrong that can really fuck up a lot of people's at scale, like thousands upon thousands of humans, like fucking them up at one moment. Um, that is scary because I think in person crimes, it doesn't happen like that too often. Right. We're not talking about like the ability to do like nuclear and things of that nature. So crimes against human beings and computer crimes, computer crimes happening as human beings as well. It just doesn't seem like it because it's not in person. So that's my answer on that. If that made any sense. Um, can torture be justified? <laughs> I just thought about some, uh, some, some sex hour shit. <laughs> um, you know, because people that know me, like, you're going to get revved up. If you're going to get revved up, you're going to get fucking punished. If you're going to get revved up sexually, you're going to get tortured in a good way. If you're going to get revved up, you're going to get fucked, right? That's that's where my brain first went. My brain secondly went, though, like, honestly, in real life, of course, in my opinion, there are things that you can do where torture is, torture is un, you know, if you torture someone, dude, if you, if you do some of the shit that's in some of these crazy fucking movies, where you see these guys keeping children or women in, in small rooms and psychologically fucking their brains and keep it, holding them hostage for 20 years. And like, like, or if you do like what happened in OA and this guy's fucking taking people that are just a little bit different, that are just, you know, scientifically fascinating. And then just keeping them in, again, in glass houses for seven, eight, 10, 12 years and just completely psychologically fucking them. Like, if you do something like that, yes, you deserve to be tortured. You deserve you deserve to have slowly every part of your body fucking burned and on fire. Like, it's, it's not okay. So in those examples, yes, torture can be justified. What moral, what moral obligations should someone consider when granting prisoners the right to work? That's interesting since I'm a felon. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think employers need to look at the following categories. And this is coming from a this is coming from a fellow. And I might rap after this. I think people need to look at and have conversations with that person and get a good sense for their personality. Get a good sense for how they have processed what they did and what they and what they just went through. <laughs> and whomever's listening should be should be listening out for a bit of sorrow, a bit of um heavy empathy, heavy I'm looking and seeking for forgiveness, but not in a bad way. Like in a way where it's like I've accepted what I've done. And I know I need to now go through the process of gaining trust back. You have to be able to feel that. Um, I think someone that's practical and aware and understands that they put themselves in a really fucked position. Um, what else do I believe? Um, I think, I think someone that, I think someone that, I think someone that is brave and optimistic to recreate who who the world may see them as. And I think some logistic things, 
or like some administrative boxes that need to be checked. You know, you have to you have to match up the job, right? So if you're gonna have a bank teller, I don't know if it's smart to hire someone with felony theft on the record recently in the last I don't know, maybe maybe two years, right? Because I think once you get to three and four and five years out, I mean, there's a lot of things. You got to look at where they're living. Got to look at who they're still hanging around. You got to look at the contextual realities of their of their history. Like for me, they look back at my history. Yeah, they see some petty theft crimes, but the majority of my life, this is the first big isolated moment. Overall, it's like, oh, he's a good kid. They just made a lot of dumb decisions in a small frame and window of time. Um, like today, if someone goes to pull my record, I'm 30, I'm 30, by the time, I'm 31, 32, right? Let's call it 32. From the original crime, I haven't been in trouble since 19. Right? So that's 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 30. It's 13 years. <coughs> You can't, <coughs> I'm so sorry. <clears throat> oh my God, I'm so sorry. You can't say too much to me about that. What can you say about that, right? It's 13 years since any crime, <laughs> any crime. So I think contextually looking at length of time, contextually understanding and navigating, um, you know, someone's, again, like I said, points of views are a lot. Um, I think contextually, um, I think contextually hearing their story out, understanding what they did and hearing the contextual version of that and watching their body language, there's a lot that has to go into it. And I think you just make a gut decision and I think you just roll with it. I really, really do. Um, so that's probably the answer to that question. So look, guys, this is a solo episode, some quick shit. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you loved it. Um, all of you are amazing. Thank you for listening to this podcast, not only today, but just overall. It's something I'm still doing. It's fun. I got to really lock in on it from a different angle. I, I, I think I think I need I think I need like a three. Let me let me brainstorm that right now. I think I need myself the host. I think I should be the host. I should be the content strategist of like what we talk about on the podcast. And I should be the strategist around the guests that we get. But then I think I need to have an assistant that's a guest getter. Like someone that like it's literally like the, their quota is to get four guests a month. Based off of a certain list that we put together that I put together strategically and that they help with from like a um, idea generation innovation perspective. I think they also help with like some of the the different buckets of what we care about here at Project LLV that we talk about. So that's me. That's someone that helps getting guests. Um, I think we we get someone that's like, I think we get someone that does all the editing and the producing to make the quality go up even more, layering music a little bit more s smoothly, maybe some other edits. Um, and then I think we get, I think we get ahead of BD. Or, or literally a 50-50 partner, someone that believes in my ability, someone that believes in the structure of the, of the podcast that will literally go and build a relationship with brands for sponsorship deals, figure out a direct listener model, 
where even if it's $3,000 a month, we have people that will pay 3 to $7 a month to listen to us consistently. We're going direct to consumer on some Russ Link shit, and that's consistent PayPal money. Um, and then I think they figure out, I think they also have to have someone on their team or them personally the skill of driving enough PR organically and a bit paid to reinvest to get us the reach that we need. So any, you know, any creative on the Instagram, any, any, any literally architecting and designing of the creative, the edits, the clips, the pictures, the running of the social media channels, the, 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 the relationships with the PR firms, the blog, the guest blogging, you know, taking myself and doing a podcast tour so that we can get more organic traction, all of that to make the podcast go. I got to build that team. So, um, those are some thoughts. I'm fucking signing out. He's done miracles on me. 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 He's done miracles on me.